Hello and welcome to this Bridging Chicago Extra. Um, as you know, we love to follow up with our past guests, especially our nonprofit guests, and see how they're doing and what's new. And this year, as we're ramping up to Giving Tuesday, we want to make sure that we highlight some of the guests that we've had here in the past. And this week, I'm so excited to be joined by Jasmine Lopez with the Firehouse Dream, who you may remember from our previous episode. And uh, Jasmine, when you came on and shared before, you shared about your the heart of Firehouse Dream and your mission. And it was so cool what you're doing with the youth here in Chicago. So if you can share again, just for people who may not have heard that episode, what the Firehouse Dream is, what it does, who it serves, and sort of the passion behind the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me back again. I love being on your podcast. Um, so the Firehouse Dream, we exist to be a safe space for BIPOC creatives uh, between the ages of 15 and 22, where they can thrive in every area of their lives. And we focus yeah. on three pillars, uh, creative entrepreneurship, uh, mental health, so really helping our young adults learn that their story matters um, and their experiences matter and how do they gain language and coping skills behind it. And then the third pillar is uh, financial wellness. We deeply value how do you build a healthy relationship with money, especially if you grew up in financially in financial insecurity. And we want to be able to partner with the next generation to have healthy habits with money and healthy sense of self and identity so that they can build thriving businesses. So Jasmine, you mentioned that you work with youth. And um, one of the things I'm really interested in, uh, what age uh, groups usually are you working with? Yeah, so we work with young adults between the ages of 15 and 22. Um, so either in high school or just post high school. Yeah, and at that age, um, I think more and more people are seeing that representation matters. And for the BIPOC community, you know, a lot of us grew up not seeing people like us on TV, uh, you know, not hearing them on the radio. Or if you were, it was sort of a caricature of a culture. And so for you and your experience, for people of that age, why is it so important? Why does representation matter so much? And do they really see it and feel it at that age? Yes, absolutely. Um, we intentionally bring in um, guests and facilitators to lead workshops based off of what they want to learn. And we intentionally um, partner with BIPOC creatives who are in the field, actively working in the field, because we want our youth to see themselves represented. Um, they they maybe don't communicate it with me, how impactful and meaning it is for them. But when I think about myself and my own story and being a young creative and not seeing anyone in my creative field as a professional photographer over the last 20 years, um, it, it was really challenging. It was really hard because I didn't have mentors who looked like me or understood my lived experience. So it's really important that we're able to partner um, with other creatives of color who can give back to their community and be able to say, hey, like, here are the struggles I went through. Here is how I've been able to succeed while being rooted in the truth of my identity and not needing to assimilate or choose change who I am in yeah. order to succeed in the area of where I'm trying to pursue. Yeah, and I think doing that now as a nonprofit presents its own set of challenges. And oftentimes what we've learned um, in hearing the stories of these organizations is that it means over a period of time, your organization is going to change a lot and sometimes look nearly completely different 
three, five, seven years out. Um, can you share how your organization has sort of grown and changed and matured and sort of where you're at now um, versus maybe when we heard from you before? Yes, thank you so much for asking that question because I don't think um, many consider that to be a reality that I think a lot of community-led nonprofits face, right? Yeah. And so we are deeply rooted in partnering well and listening to our community. What are the needs of our community? Uh, so how we initially started to then launching our mentorship program to now where we are is completely different. And I'm learning how to embrace that pivot um, yeah. while also being like, this is who we say we are and we are for the community, rooted in the community. I live in my community, um, I represent my community, uh, but I am not the voice, nor am I the savior of my community, right? And so as I continue to lead this nonprofit, I want to listen well. So we have pivoted. Um, we're really deepening our focus in mental health this season, um, especially after losing three more young adults to suicide uh, this past academic school year. Um, and we are just feeling this tension of how do we continue to, as a community, come together and normalize the topic of mental health for our young adults yeah. and help them to know that they aren't alone, that their stories matter, that uh, their experiences matter. How do they gain language around what they're feeling and around uh, the collective and individual trauma that our communities are facing and continue to face, right? And so we really want to be proactive instead of reactive to that yeah. and saying, what are we as an organization, if we say this is our pillar and this is something we deeply care about, what are we going to do about this and how are we going to be proactive in helping uh, create change within our communities. And then how do we stay true to our mission, right? As a creative yeah. nonprofit. So how can we do storytelling through photography, video, podcasting as a way to amplify our stories? And so that's where we're headed next. Uh, we're focusing on mental health. We're creating a mental health kit that was designed by our youth. That's for the youth. Um, that will be launching within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are preparing to uh, create a mobile uh, experiential experience through a uh, vintage trailer that we own uh, that would be used for podcasting, wow. photography, and video, and really doing pop-ups in the community. So shifting the expectation of saying, hey, come to us, but rather, what does it look like for us to go to our yeah. youth in our community? Um, and then also, we have started to provide one-on-one -on -one direct services with partner therapists uh, who are BIPOC or um, culturally competent and have a commitment to offering resources um, at a reduced cost for our young adults and then we pay for those services so that it doesn't become a financial barrier for our young adults and then the last thing we've pivoted to also is doing like group sessions so exploring the various different ways that we can experience uh, mental health uh, community-based mental health uh, either through group sessions or workshops like art therapy um, aromatherapy really giving our young adults and community an opportunity to learn uh, how does what does this mean and and how do I get to explore it and understand it and, and it feel a little bit more destigmatized. So basically nothing going on, nothing new. You're just kind of chilling, sitting around, like waiting for some <laughs> of that. There's so much going on there. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, that's so cool. I love the way too that so many young people are taking control of their mental health and they're really taking the lead in that. They want to be, realistically, they want to be better than their parents were than even our generation was yes. at being mentally well people. And so I'm so impressed to see how many young people are doing that and how 
um, the stigma is, is breaking down more and more every day. Um, we know that resources are so important. And when you give people resources, they, they thrive with those. We've also seen how when you give organizations resources like yours and so many others in Chicago that are doing similar, very big, very important work, they thrive as well. And so for you, um, why are resources so important? And, and for people who partner with you in that, what difference is that making in your organization and the lives of the people who partner with you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we also have a deep commitment, right? Like we can't say we believe in equity and then not have equitable practices yep. in how we run and lead our organization. Um, so we've had a strong commitment to, you know, if right, we're going to get youth through the doors, we need to be able to pay them a stipend equating to $15 an hour. If I'm wow. going to hire, I'm going to intentionally hire within my community uh, because I believe my community uh, is, is a beautiful community, a beautifully diverse community community and we have value and worth and we our voices need to be centered at the table right so we hire within the community and then making sure that we pay equitably as well so mm. using the MIT living wage um, is something so when I think about uh, uh, the resources that come in here and how we choose to spend those resources it's very intentional in terms of how we partner with our community and our youth and then in terms of our giving partners man yeah there is just so much beauty in collective giving I truly believe in that yeah. and I truly believe in um, the transformation that can happen within communities if we uh, put our dollars together for change and that's what I believe in deeply when it comes to how do we approach fundraising who do we approach for fundraising um, how do we do that intentionally to who we are and that's authentic to who we are as an organization and so collective giving is something that um, I want to continue to do better in and explore, but also do it in a way that um, is your partnership and our partnership together is what's creating change. So let's do this together. Yeah, that's so cool. And one of the things that I've always been so inspired by, by you, by the organization, and even your family is that you're, you just truly see yourselves as vessels. It's just like, I'm the vessel, use me as you wish for the things that you're really passionate about. And we see it here where it's it's like, I have the capacity to help in these ways. And I have the the motivation, the energy, the, the desire to do that. And so whatever that looks like, I'll do. And I think that when you do that in, in the communities, it's so humble that it really shines brighter. And I think that reach is going so far and i hope that people in those communities but really in the city understand that i can think of so many ways that someone can partner with us right if you resonate uh, you identify as someone who works in the creative field or the financial field or mental health even and you want to partner with us and lead and facilitate workshops that's something that we can um explore more on and then our biggest need right now it's been a financially challenging season for us as a newer organization and so we've had to um pivot and take some pauses in our programming and reimagine what can be 
next for us. And so financially, that's the biggest need right now um, so that we can be able to uh, hire, retain, um, grow our programming, continue to make the impact that we're doing within our community and our youth. Um, and another way that I think that could be really beautiful is like leveraging connections. Uh, so if there's someone that, or your network, right? So if there's someone that you know that would love uh, to hear more about the work that we're doing with the Firehouse Dream, connect, connect me. I can share the story. I can um, have y'all come into the space and check it out and see the work that we're doing. I think there's so much power in leveraging our networks and making connections in that way too. And I think that's a really powerful way to help support the Firehouse Dream as well.